Okay. I need to figure out how I can invite on this. I've never done this before. <laughs> oh, here we go, here we go. Okay. There we go. Hey! Hello. I'm surprised at how quickly I managed to figure that out. I've never done this before, so I had no idea how I was going to invite you or how we were going to get going. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I was just thinking, right, how are we going to do this? Because um, yeah, I have a laptop ready and I thought, wait, this is on Instagram, so I'm not sure exactly how this whole, yeah. how this whole works. So, but anyway, it's good. There we I go. never thought I'd ever do this. That I'm on an Instagram live. This is amazing. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So I'm just going gonna, gonna to sort something out here. Okay, there we go. Yeah, all good. All good. How are you, how are you keeping? You all right? Yeah, not bad, thank you. I've had three new people signing up today for singing lessons, which is amazing. Fantastic. Yeah, and a big range of ages and backgrounds and things like that. Which wow. Is it, who's like the oldest person you've got on your, on your list at the moment, uh, student-wise? <laughs> I'm not going to name names or ages. No, but, I wasn't asking. I just... <laughs> but I teach a couple of ladies are um, in their which is really oh. lovely, actually. Yeah. Because it's interesting for someone who's had, you know, so many years of singing experience to then take all of that experience and all of the habits and all the ways that are so kind of, they're so used to singing a certain way mm. and molding them and you know, taking all of that and molding it into the singers that they are now is really Amazing. I mean, it's, it, it's so refreshing to actually see people sort of still going at it even like later on in life because I know there's so many people who sort of, who might try this out early on mm. and then they realize okay they might have a bit of a phase where they, it goes well etc etc but then you get to later life and it seems to sort of fade away but it's so cool to actually see people still yeah. actually going for it still later on in life and that's amazing honestly. Yeah. and I've had some older my older students as well say you know I fell out because I never felt like I could go anywhere with and I've done my whole life, but I've never, you know, I've never got had any success or bloody blah, blah. And, mm. you know, just by means, you know, you're never too old to join a choir or to mm. go to do dramatic or to, you know, make music and, and share it to the world. Internet mm. is such an amazing tool that you can literally make a song from your home and put it out to the world. You don't even the comfort of your house <laughs> anymore yeah and as particularly in these times as well people are just finding all these new ways to be creative particularly over the last well six months well since march mm. really when everything's just i mean us as performers as well you know when all the theaters were closed everything else we're just trying to find something mm. to to get things going again and you know and you know whether it's you know i've been reading pinter recently and i've been reading more about um, Uta Hagen and, and Meisner and people like that you know it's yeah. just familiarizing myself more with their theories I need yeah. to go back and if I need to constantly refresh all the time because I'm always thinking okay so okay what was that theory again it's just it's always good to keep going back to which is amazing yeah yeah and about, and, yeah. You? you've been watching like live streams of theatre yeah oh god um, National Theatre at Home through lockdown was a huge help a huge help because it just reminded me of just what, what a what it was like to be back in theatre and of course 
these, these new plays, these new way of working, particularly, it introduced me really to the Bristol Old Vic. I've seen one of their yeah. works done um, at the Old Vic called A Monster Calls. If any of you guys saw it, I mean, I would personally, like, I struggle to find the words exactly just how amazing that show was. It's just incredible. Um, but what's, but, and, and then they had um, Jane Eyre come in. They did a production of Jane Eyre, which uh, I had a friend of mine was actually in, actually, Laura, who's been in, she's been in so much. I actually did a job with her. She was incredible. Um, and yeah, it was just this new way of working, like the actual physical theatre, physically showing a journey from one house to the other, using your bodies and using sound. And they had a live band on stage and everything, mimicking the sound of horse and carts and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That visceral, okay. overall, like atmospheric experience was just incredible. And yeah, obviously, and of course they had Frankenstein come back with Benedict Cumberbatch and mm -hmm. Jonathan Miller and people like that. And yeah. it's just so, I remember watching that for the first time thinking, wow, this is just pure theater. This is just incredible. Yeah. Um, what about yourself? Did you take advantage of that? Did you just keep on top of watching live streams or just revisiting mm -hmm. on workshops? Obviously you've got this, of course, but. Yeah, yeah, so a lot actually, which has been brilliant because it's so nice. Obviously, I was on a cruise ship, mm -hmm. and then you know, happened COVID. The industry has kind of taken a big hit. Yeah. So, yeah. So I've been so lucky to find a job that sustains me, but it's also so close to what I do, and it's you know my passion, everything into it. So it's not like I've had to find work completely separate from being a performer. Mm. So you know helping others find their passion of singing. You know, I'm always actively singing. As you know, lesson, I do my fair of singing as well. <laughs> <laughs> I know you, you certainly do. You certainly do. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I've been working on projects as well. So I've been, I did a promo video for something that's going to be coming out soon. I did a music video working with someone, a friend from who I used to know. Um, they basically called me in and wanted this and just different creative projects, getting in touch with photographers. I knew people who wanted to get into photography. We've been collaborating together on just photo shoots for fun, but then it built us being creative and producing things and yeah. um yeah, just basically trying to stay creative, stay passionate and yeah, I've been so lucky that I've got teaching sing every single day I'm playing the piano so mm. everything is kind of just going along nice yeah good and, and you of course um Ashton is about to go off on her second tour on on the cruise uh, hopefully all this COVID situation is all over back in January um in fact for both of us January is going to be a big month because yeah. Ash is going to be off to around the world again yeah. and uh, I'll be going to GSA where of course Ash also went as a BA musical theatre graduate yeah um yeah it's just something I've been really looking forward to and mm. of course Ash and I've been talking about uh just everything creative for yeah. weeks now as well as Ash has helped me improve my singing as well which has been amazing which has been really good to look forward to so one thing I really look forward to every week is getting singing lessons from from you and improving every week um so it got us thinking about, you know, and hence why we're here today doing this podcast. So I, I suppose we're here to breathe life, get this art, this, the theatre, the arts of life back into consciousness, however 
however the best we can. Yeah. And we're putting this out now and just hoping that people grasp onto it and uh, just send the theatre love out now. And of course, I'm not saying theatre vibe is ever dead. It's never been dead at all, but it's just so good to actually get things back to where they were yeah. and, everything, and everything else. So I suppose really, one, one thing I was thinking about, I wanted to ask you actually, was what, can you, or can you remember that first moment or that, or where you were, or just, just anything about it. When was like the first moment that you said to yourself, okay, I'm going to be a performer. This is what I want to do. It was when I was young, young. I was very young. <laughs> it, it's always been something that I've done. I've always sang, learned the guitar level. Um, and I used to write songs on the guitar and I would perform for my family and and you know just like little school play and then and there were lots of different I fell in love with so I fell in love with academics I fell math science and wow. that was a huge passion I huge nerd I was on all go and do like the math competition and all these different things and um athletics the avenue that I was really into training I used to go to athletics club and then I would do competition school um and then obviously me always there the whole time I was always singing and um it when I was in I, think I was two years high school my mum was like good audition for the musical I was like oh, no I mean I really don't really want to and it kind of it was just a hobby at that point. And I think sports was the thing that I was wanting to pursue as yeah. a long-term thing. Um, sports or something along the lines of maths. Um, and then I, I auditioned for the musical and I got a part. Yeah. I fell in love with it. I'd never acted before. I'd never done musical theatre before. It was always just singing. And I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with it. And the first musical was West Side Story. Oh, wow. Uh, and I just fell in love with it, you know, having to learn a different accent, being in a different country, music, you know, dance. And then every year from then on out, I, I was in the musicals and gradually, like, working up to be, you know, like, the lead roles towards the end of my high school. And then my, it was my music teacher. She was such a huge inspiration. She was like, and she basically said to me towards the end of high school she's like you need to go to drama school need to... and she picked out different drama schools and she told me about them and she would always put me forward for things give me songs Gina's <laughs> <laughs> put new title for you the mathematics <laughs> mathematic vocal coach <laughs> <laughs> I always talk about in my lessons actually how music theory and maths are very similar because you have, you know, one really? on the yeah, you have one line of music on the treble clef and one on the bass clef, and you have, you have to mathematically read and translate both. Oh yeah, I, I, so it's like number of beats in a line as well, and how many how many pauses, how many breaks, and things like that. Okay, mathematical, it really is, and figuring out transposing things, you know, it's all kind, of, yeah, it's all systematic, yeah. Um, anyway, so then <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Just never like you learn, you really do learn something new every day, don't you? Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's just my crazy way of it anyway. <laughs> no, it's good, it's good. 
but yeah, but that was it. Music teacher basically showed me all the drama school, and um, then I went to performing arts college. I did a BTEC, mm. and you know, my teachers were like, "Are you sure? Like, you want to do a BTEC, do A levels?" And they were all a bit worried that I was like throwing because I, you know, my grades and everything. They were all a bit worried that I was just throwing all of that away. Yeah, you know, you have the typical. Are you sure you want to be an actor? Yeah. That's what, te- that's what teachers do. They're like, are you sure? Yeah. Think of your career. Think of your career. And it's like, I don't, your opinion is, yes, thank you for your input, but I'm going to move on to what I want to do now. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And there was no question of, of whether or not at that point. Like, you're going to go to this performing arts college and, uh, yeah, the rest just, the minute that my teacher told me about there was no other plan. Always you're going to go down that route and do this for the rest of your life. And mm. that was basically it. Amazing. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. How about you? Well, I, I hate to, I hate to use this phrase, but it's a funny story, really. It's a, you know, they use that so cliche, but it's true. It is true. Um, so I mean, a bit like yourself, I was, I was just like a normal kid in school who just turned up, went to school, came home, did his homework, went to sleep. Mm. That was just a routine. I was just a normal kid. Mm. Um, and then um, uh, someone who, one of my best friends in school at the time was part of this local theatre club called Stagecoach. Oh, and, yeah. it ran, and it ran actually at my primary school. And they told me all about it. They said it's an hour of singing, an hour of dancing, an hour of acting every Saturday morning at 10. Mm. And, and I just thought, oh, okay, that's, that's nice. And just didn't really think any more about it. Mm. And then my brother got involved and he started telling me, okay, this, this is really good. You come in, you have a good time, you meet some new people, why don't you give it a go? And again, I was really hesitant. I was saying, no, I don't want to do this. No, it just, just doesn't sound fun at all, really. I mean, it feels weird saying this now, but you know, yeah. this was my thought process at the time. Mm. And, and then just, and then actually, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in now if it wasn't for my mum. My mum said, look, you're going. And she, for one of the better phrases, did sort of drag me kicking and screaming yeah. to, to a taster session one time. And I spent the whole of that first taster session there in tears because I didn't want to be there. And, right. <laughs> and, and oh God, this feels weird talking about this now. Um, but yeah, but I turned up and it was run by this amazing couple called Angela and Alan Cross. Um, Alan sort of oversaw everything. Angela sort of poked her head in from time to time. Right. But I remember... Alan, so he could see I was upset. I was in the same class. I was like, I was just tears pouring down my face. And, he's, and, he, and he looked opposite me and he just said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky I missed that. Nails, Ollie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's my miming techniques coming into play. You're lucky I missed that joke. <laughs> that threw me off the scent now. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I was sat there crying. And uh, and uh, Alan was brilliant. He just sat opposite me and just says, and he's, I still remember exactly. He just looked at me and he said, "Ollie, you're here to have fun. That's all it is. Mm. You're just here to have a good time." And then from that moment on, for the rest of the session, the tears stopped, and I suddenly thought, "Okay," and I just relaxed into it. And I thought, "Okay, this is actually pretty good." Mm. And I, I think and it was it was kind of like. I don't want to use like it. I don't want to say it was like therapy or something like that, but it was like an escape because school, I, I didn't have the best experience in school, you know, with uh, bullies in the playground and things like that. And my confidence wasn't very high at the time at all. Mm. Um, but I remember just thinking, 
if I get to Saturday, I know I can go to a place where I can go and have some fun. Absolutely. And I can, I can just get up and, you know, and of course you're given scripts, you're given stuff to say. And some of the stuff that I was, I was, I was able to say things that I never thought I had the guts to actually say, you know, just say things like, like telling someone to leave the room. I'd never done that before or something like that. Just, just, just like a random scene like that, saying something like, get out or something like that. And that's something I never thought I'd ever say, but I'm there thinking, what is happening right now? Where, where's this energy coming from? And um, so that was very good. And then I suppose it all really clicked into place where it felt like everyone around me, like that, that was the time where people would listen to me. This sounds really egotistic, by the way, but there's like this, but this was like a time, that moment there where I'm up on stage about to sing or do a piece was that like, this is my time now. Yeah. This, this is what I want to do. And, you know, again, it sounds really bad, but it's like, now you, you have to listen to me now. So sort of thing. Yeah. And that experience was just, it's just amazing. I, I'm very aware how egocentric this sounds. I'm probably saying this is not the real me at all, but, um, but yeah, it, and it all kind of clicked into place really when I was in, I did it for GCSE, I did it for A-level, I studied there at university mm. and we were rehearsing our GCSE final piece and then a few of the guys were sort of crowded around and they're saying things like, so what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? Mm. And I said, well, they said, well, no, a few of them said things like, oh, I might do engineering, I might do some mechanic work, I might go into maths, I might go into teaching. So what do you want to do, Ollie? And I said, well, I want to do this. Mm. And that was the first time I said, you know, this is, I feel where I, where I belong. This is where I want to be. Yeah. And they just went, okay. And just moved up and just moved on and forgot about the whole conversation. Right. But, but yeah, I just, there's something about what we do, which is just, I, I remember thinking at uni once, drama, acting, singing, performing, this whole thing. It's like, we can explain so many things with this thing. We can explain stories of trauma. We can explain stories of happiness, of, of grief, of jealousy, and things like that, all these things. It's like the art form, it is the greatest explainer, yet, if, yet the art itself is actually indescribable. So how can we describe this thing? How can we say, this is how it makes us feel, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And it's that fascination which really drove me and I thought to myself you know this this thing this this ability to say these things and obviously as you get older you know you're given you're given scripts where you'll be able to you know to swear on stage and I'm there thinking what is going on here like where, where is this this rage where is it coming from and yeah I suppose that at the end of this very crumpled crumpled answer really is just this ability to be free and the ability to do as you please yes. and no one, no one can say otherwise. And of, of course, you're there to play. You're yeah. there to have fun. As Alan said, you're there to have fun. And actually, when you go into a room and you, like, for, like when you went on your cruise and you went into the rehearsal room and you said, okay, we're going to do this dance today. Okay, don't follow. I mean, did anything like this happen? Did you ever go into a room and they said, okay, we have a routine sort of roughly in place, but we're not, we're not going to get to that just yet. Well, I want you to just do what comes naturally to you. Just play, just play, just do whatever you want to do. Did you yeah. have any classes like that? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there's lots of moments as singers where you're just given music and, you know, you're given steps, but also the steps are there for you to interpret and for you to 
use to engage. I mean, the whole point of performance is to connect with people. Mm. So if you have an audience in front of you, I mean, ships are very different to theatres because my ship theatre is quite intimate. So you can see people on, or you can go down into the stalls and be with them. Yeah. You see of it because you have these steps and you have it all choreographed and mapped out. But then you also have to kind of break a bit free from that and make it personal, make every performance different, interact and, you know, play with the audience and take risks and do different things, which is... Mm-hmm. It's brilliant because it gives it breathes life into the performance. The fact that it's mechanical and it's not the same. Mm, that's that's amazing. And I guess um, that acting, you you know, you, you do you take risks and you your impulse. That's what makes each performance just that bit different from the last one. Yeah, I'm intrigued to know what what was it like um, doing audience participation on your cruise? Did you get? Did you get many reactions from the audience or were they all just kind of just sat there and did their own thing? What did, what did they do? Um, I think it depends on the person because, you know, we're always very animated and out there. And mm. you get members that you can tell they don't want, you know, they're sat there and you, you know from the body language when someone doesn't want to be a pro. Because <laughs> they get nervous. All they put the barriers up. On them. Yeah, so I think... You kind of have to be sad. You know you have a moment. You have to go into the audience. Beforehand, you scope it out and you see who's responding really well, who's really engaged. And then you know, oh, yeah, they're the, that's the person that this whole time has really been, you know, giving us a lot. So that's how you kind of know that. Go to them and hope they'll give me something back. <laughs> <laughs> I just wondered if you ever had one night where it was what, just a madness night where you had nobody in the crowd you just yeah one of those crowds that just went yeah don't come near me just don't, just no, nobody in the crowd at all is that ever the case or were you quite lucky with everyone that you performed to um no i mean sometimes you do sometimes you do get a flat audience and you have to you have to just still give it everything regardless mm. might get so little back and you might come off stage and you might think that was really draining it was so wonderful I did it was me nothing in return but I think you just have to accept that sometimes audiences may be really responsive and really in it and other times might might just be a little bit more sit back not really give you very much Mm. you just kind of you have to compensate for it unfortunately you do you do I remember doing um Little Shop of Horrors once Mm. and uh it's a big opening number and you know it's a you know we were used to like the end of the first number in a musical everyone sort of gives us a bit of a round of applause because that happens in musicals but we did the, we, we did the first song we did it all energetic it was like it was like it was like a summer camp so we rehearsed it from monday to friday and then we performed it on saturday um and it was a one show we only get one shot at this we worked all week and we did this big number full of energy and the whole audience just went <laughs> And we, just, and we just walked off stage, all of us going, what, 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 what happened? What happened? Nice. And yeah. I think one girl even said, we were just there. I, like, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. And it didn't happen. Yeah. Post- <laughs> like, yeah. It's, so, it's so weird. You just, you just never know. But that was our only audience as well. So right. we, we had this one you know, crowd who just sort of weren't potentially that responsive or anything like that. So... 
but yeah, but it's it's always different each time. Do you know, I, I remember a, I remember a story you told me um, a few weeks ago. I think it was in our very first session doing singing stuff together. That uh, you were performing one night, and a member of the one of the one of the passengers came up to you and said, "Hey, Ashton, you were really good tonight. You should do this professionally." Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah. And what do, you, what do you think I'm doing right now? <laughs> I'm doing this professionally. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I think I don't know what they mean by that, but um, yeah, I guess you just have to take like that with a pinch of salt. Yeah. I think I think some people are just trying to be nice, but they just they get things completely mis mm. misconstrued or something like that. So I, I'm reminded of um, I love watching a, a the Graham Norton show. Do you ever watch what's that? Yeah. Yeah. I remember one time James McAvoy was on it, mm -hmm. and uh, they were telling stories about how some of their fans weren't particularly nice to them. And he was at, I remember he saying he was at a premiere or something. Right. And, uh, and uh, this this girl was screaming his name, James, give some of things, some of things, some of things. So he went over and he was like, hey, how are we doing tonight? And she goes, oh, thank you so much for doing that. Do you know, I'm a really big fan of some of your work. <laughs> and, she was, and he was like, um, I think, yeah, yeah, I'll sign some of your poster. Mm. Yeah. But, you I know, <laughs> as a performer, it's such a personal career because it's if someone doesn't like your performance, it, 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 it almost is a bit personal because it's, it's yeah you massively, know you really yourself out there it's you know when you see your voice it's so exposing and um you have to kind of accept that everyone has the taste and sometimes you might not be some taste and that's okay you know because it doesn't mean that you're not good or that your performance wasn't good mm. it's just sometimes it's down to taste mm. you know Anything else? Yeah, that's good. Um, that, that's actually a good follow-on, actually, because I'm sorry, I've got my little sheet of questions just over there. Um, <laughs> and um, actually, that, that's a nice follow-on to, to particularly the subject of, I think, one thing, well, that's one thing that's really spoken a lot more now than it ever has been is the mental health mm. of actors, per se, and that, that inner drive to actually keep going. And, and despite the, the criticism, the lack of support, whatever it is, to keep going and keep going and keep going and um obviously for both of us we are sort of at the beginning of our journeys in this in this mad mad world of things and yeah you're off to a flying start you know you're on the cruises you know you're getting experience you're getting performance and stuff like that um so what, what's your take on the whole thing because i know you actually released something if i may say you released a post on instagram over lockdown say that you woke up one morning you weren't feeling particularly happy that day but you remembered everything that you were grateful for yeah in that time as well so what, what what's your take on this whole stigma of mental health particularly amongst us actors and performers i think the main is not to compare your job or yourself or your that of anybody else's because mm. especially in performing there's so many avenues there's so many ways that you can be creative and be successful and I think it's very easy to just this by how many leading roles have you had, how many years have you been consecutively at work and what the biggest theatre you've ever performed to. But yeah. it's more than that, you know. Um, you can be successful in so many different ways. Uh, you can be successful by the places that you've 
self-esteem you can be successful by the people that you've met along the way connections you have and the, the impact you have on people's lives yeah and um yeah i think we get caught up in thinking if somebody else is at a different stage in their career than they're at, you know you make comparisons and you worry and you think oh i didn't get seen by that you know customer. Mm. Yeah, you know, you you take it personally, and I think the point not to do that, just to trust the process and do what makes you happy. Do things because everyone else is doing them, and you're fearful that you're falling behind in some way. Mm. A really good friend of mine used to say about lockdown, "You can't fall behind if you're on the path that you're beyond. There is no falling behind because you're yeah. already there." And, you know, it's not ever going to be somebody else's. So the minute you look at somebody else's, you're already deviating looking at your own. Mm. And that gave me so much faith. And I think it's so accurate because there are so many young actors and actresses that graduate from school. And, you know, you do expect to walk into a great big leading role. And I don't think drama school prepares you or life after mm. doesn't prepare you for how to connect with people and how you need to, you know, reach out to directors and finding an agent and then being with your agent and, and you know, and keeping your passion alive. And, um, yeah, I think it's so important to have a life and to do things that make you happy and just focus on yourself. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in terms of, uh, we'll just pick up what you said there about um, how drama school doesn't necessarily prepare you for after graduation. Yeah. If you are back at GSA now in your third and final year, what would you wish someone would have said to you in that year to make you sort of get used to life after graduation just that little bit more easier? Um, I kind of wish I just, someone had told me what it was going to be like. Because if you don't, I mean, I left with an agent, great mm. audition, but it was my kind of, my life outside of that. I wasn't prepared. Like I didn't have a job, like a normal everyday job was going to give me income. Mm. I kind of was just like going to each and every audition. I really need this. I don't, I haven't got anything going at the moment dependent on every audition mm. and um i think that in itself was a weakness because you want to walk into an audition not needing the job you know you don't want to ever feel like you're desperate or like a situation where it's like i need this yeah so i kind of just um I, yeah i kind of prepared in the sense that i'd got something that was financially going to support me like all the teaching that i do now because mm. um, obviously if I was to go to now whether I got the job or I didn't my life is still good I'm still happy still doing things that serve me so not everything rides on the whereas when I graduated it did mm. um, so yeah I think mainly just that just kind of how to deal with adult life mm. or suddenly got yeah that's that's good to hear, actually, because obviously with 
me about to tackle drama school now and actually sort of think about mm. the other side and everything else because you know since since I graduated three years ago I've been working as a bartender and you know yes. whilst, whilst it's been fun it's not mm. it's certainly not my life and I'm certainly not going to be carrying this on so it would be nice to actually think about life away from drama school and not sort of go back to square one if that makes sense because yeah and this this job is like a safety net because mm -hmm. you, know, you know no matter what you can always fall into it and you can just relax for a bit if you want but mm -hmm. at the same time if you relax too much it's like sometimes you blink and then another three years have gone by and still there's been no progress on what i want mm -hmm. to do so it is it's it's good to actually take just think about that and i think, I think but this is something that i think drama school should make like mandatory as part of the curriculum in a way mm. to say look um obviously not in first year not in second year but in third year we'll say to you okay okay you've had two years next year you won't be here and mm. of course it's a big scary world out there well it can be if you let it but it, it's mm. you know you can make it wherever you want pretty much <laughs> but i think they should say look us actors this is what this, this is the challenges that we will face yeah we know we can overcome them of course we can yeah but at the same time that this is how we think the, the the best way it could be tackled is by using these strategies by staying positive by going to auditions and enjoying them okay. uh, yeah being productive in some form every day and okay. even if we're not working at all and if someone said you know i think uh, vanessa kirby did a, a live stream q a over lockdown and she said, "If she said, well, when you're not working, you use that. Use it as a sabbatical. You know, use use that time mm -hmm. to work on yourself. You know, read a new play, watch a new film, watch a new TV series, um, read up on Uta Hagen or Meisner, or just just or find read read a play of Shakespeare, revisit a play you haven't seen in a while. Just use that time to stay in that mindset and mm -hmm. just say to yourself, okay, it's not." working out at at the moment but obviously things will can and will change and i think it's like just picking up what you said earlier again about going to auditions and feeling desperate things like i must get this i must get this I must get yeah. this. Mm -hmm. i think if we stay you know sometimes we we actors might go into auditions and things secretly we're actually really desperate we need this but on the surface we've got this calmness of saying you know hey i'm just here to have fun but on the inside it's actually Mm. you know i need this i need this i need this whereas mm. i think if we stay productive in other areas That's sort of it. reading plays just just keeping on top of things and just going to the room and just relaxing and just thinking you know we're just i'm, I'm here to do what i want to do and that steers into what brian cranston's like biggest piece of advice he's ever sort of given publicly mm. which which was when you go into an, an audition room you're there to act you're there to present what you do it's an opportunity oh yeah to show them what you can do so take that grab that opportunity by the throat and just go for it yeah. and if you don't get it who cares yeah who cares? you know you walk out saying i did i, I acted today or I, sang, I sang today or i danced today exactly and i think a lot of the time we go into an audition room trying to be what we think the panel want us to be Mm. Um, I remember I always used to go into an audition room just like chirpy and happy, almost like putting on a show, you know, yeah. like presenting myself. Yeah. Whereas this is me. 
I think board, I think auditions are something that you just get better at in time because you become selfish. You become less pleased and you think, look, I'm here. This is, I'm not putting on a front. I'm not be something I think you might be. Mm. And I think casting, I think panels recognize that. I think they recognize when someone is comfortable in their skin, you know, a happy, well-rounded person and just performing rather than please, I need to please, I need you to be impressed by me because I need this job. You know? <laughs> and I think, I think that genuinely just comes with maturity. I think it comes with life experience. And oh, yeah. I really do. And I think that's a mental health. Yeah. I, I remember to my first ever shot at GSA, mm. this was coming up to four years ago now. I was in the middle of uni. I wasn't happy with the course. It was a bit of a bad time. Long story short, I tried to leave and get into drama right. school, the BA. Um, unsuccessfully on every attempt, however. But I remember specifically, I went into GSA and I did uh, Hamlet's um, Oh, This Too Too Solid Flesh with Mel very badly, very badly, because mm. I was trying too hard all the time. So I must show that Hamlet's in this terrible state. You know, he's got, you know, he's... His dad's died, his mum's married, his uncle, stuff like that. Just completely over overthinking it. And yeah. uh, they, I mean, these guys behind the desk, they've seen it all before. And they, they could see I wasn't comfortable with my skin at the time. And I, right. I, wasn't, I wasn't prepared. And I will openly say that. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was a travesty of, of an audition, if you ask me. But I remember coming back to GSA four years later, bizarrely um, meeting the course convener over... Zoom instead of actually because I my audition was supposed to be in April in person but that all got cancelled for yeah you know for obvious reasons uh, but I for some reason when when Jack came on Jack Jack Bissell who's the head of course convener as you know it just felt like different this time it was like I'm here to just give you something and whether you like it or not it's up to you it's got nothing to do with me and that, that's exact it's just being unapologetic. And it's just, mm. you just, you come to a point where you think, I can't change my cast. I can't change the way that I look, the way that I sound. It is what it is. Yeah. You know, I accept that I don't fit every character. I accept that I can't ever play this role because it's not the way I look. And it's not the way I am. And I think one, you just accept yourself for who you are. Mm. Don't seek others' approval or anything like that. You just go into a room and you think, "Here I am. I've learned what you've asked me to learn. I'm going to show you. I've, you know, I've done the training. I'm, I'm you know, 100% confident in my abilities. Mm. Like it, and you think I'm right for the part. Right? If for some reason there's somebody more suitable, or you know, that's fine because I'm happy to have life to go back to." that I've built around this. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I couldn't help but actually, I, I, I got to GSA the third time trying and actually the second time was uh, after uni, so that was three years ago. Yeah. And again, I, I didn't do a great audition at the time. I just thought, yeah, I'll go in, you know, uni's finished, I'll get a place, it's not gonna be fine. Mm. No, <laughs> no, no, it, I did a very bad audition again until I, I needed to go and speak to someone about that as well this is bad anyway so i remember 
I remember going in and just doing a travesty of, of an audition. And when I was, when I found out Jack Bessel was the course convener, it was a yeah. website, her headshot came up. Yes. And I just, suddenly I remembered, oh no, I did a very bad Rosencrantz and Gildenson are dead for her. Oh no, <laughs> oh God, this is gonna, oh dear. I'm not, I'm not sure what she's gonna think of me when, I, <laughs> when she sees me tomorrow. Um, so she, I remember she came on, we did the movement pieces, we tried all these different things, because they love their movement at GSA, don't they? Mm, yeah. They love it. I was doing all kinds of different things. And I sat down, just get my breath back, and then she goes, and then I said, I'm sorry, Jack, but before we start, I must, I must say this, I believe I owe you an apology. And she was looking at me like, what? What? And I went, I went because I auditioned for you and this course three years ago, and I did an absolutely terrible Rosencrantz and Gilderson for you. And I just want to apologize for that and let's move on. And she just found it hilarious. She, yeah. she sat back in a chair, she was laughing away. And I just said, I was a bit confused by the whole thing. Mm. And then, but she was very sweet about it. She just went, we've moved on, we've moved on. We're not gonna hold that against you or anything. But it, it was just the transition between that very first attempt four years ago, where I was just a gibbering wreck and just trying to Guess that until fast forward four years and then yeah. it gets to this place where I just go, yeah, look, <laughs> I made a mistake last time, but trust me, I'm in a much better place now. And I feel better in myself as a result of going away and getting experience. Yes. Um, that transition, you know, it was, it was a good thing to, to think about. And, uh, you know, again, I don't want to sound egotistic, but I was proud of what, of what I, I'd, I'd, I'd done basically. Yeah. I did. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, that was that was a good that was a good thing. That was a good thing. And I think the minute you stop trying to be some other version of yourself, what you actually are, people see that and they appreciate that you're just you, real, and you don't always need to be every taste and make everybody happy. You, know, you mm. just have to be you. And if people don't like it, they don't like it. There's going to be someone else that does. Mm. Exactly. I, I do like a weird posh accent. I mean, I still sometimes do. Around <laughs> down south, my family always laugh at me because they're like, "Losing your northernness," but <laughs> really posh accent in front of like panels at GSA. <laughs> and yes. Be you, just be funny, quirky northern accent. <laughs> you know, I can I can see that. I can I, I can just see you on the audition <laughs> panel at GSA. Like, because, okay, uh, someone will come in and I say, does anyone want a cup of tea? Anyone want a cup of tea? And you're like, yes, I'll have a cup of tea, please, Lord. Yeah, I'll have yeah, I'll, oh, I'll tell you what, I had a rough night last night. It was absolutely mad. Exactly. And then, and then they put, the auditioner will come in like, hello, nice to meet you. What's your name? Exactly. <laughs> I can just see that. And the whole panel just going. Yeah, that's it. Whereas stopped being that kind of lovely, posh person. And I just started to be me. I don't know, I just, you, you're just yourself. And I think people sometimes are drawn to you because they can see how real, how authentically you, you are. That's a lovely thing. Yeah. Making the lady at GSA laugh. Yeah. You know? I don't know. It's, it's some different strokes for different folks. You just never know what's going to make another person tick. And exactly. Nothing else. But yeah. I, can just, I, I can just see you now on on Downton Abbey doing, well, obviously, I know it's finished now, but I bet it's just, <laughs> you're doing your posh accent in the scene and then just like, oh, bloody hell, it's hot today, isn't yeah. it? <laughs>
Well, that was bloody awful. <laughs> yeah. Bloody awful today, isn't it? And actually, so she had tea in the drawing room. <laughs> yeah, honestly, ask any of my sisters, and that that is me. They'll say I'll be talking like to my family, like really, because especially when I'm around my family, super northern. <laughs> oh, hello. Yes. Let me get right back to you. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Yes. Goodbye, darling. <laughs> God. So yeah, I bet you must have. I mean, you must have loved Dan. Did you watch Downton Abbey? And, oh, I love uh, Downton Abbey. Yeah. I bet you were just like, oh, and that's a healthy mix of Northerners and and yes. well, and that's it. Posh people as well. So one of the kitchen staff. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. Like that. That'd be amazing. I mean, I can't decide whether which role you'd be better in. Whether you'd be in the kitchen with Mrs. Patmore or upstairs with <laughs> talking with Lady Bracknell. Not Lady Bracknell. That's important to be honest. Um, I'd love to be Lady Mary. Lady Mary, that's it. Yeah. I'm just going, mm -hmm. oh, I need to go to London again next week. This is just insane. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Probably yeah. with Mrs. Patmore. Yeah, Mrs. Patmore. Yeah, I think. Maybe true, true to your roots there. You that's know. it. Oh, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what it is about me, because I've been um, sort of re-watching a film called um, Green Book recently, which is all about okay. have you Have you seen it at all? Um, I've seen the beginning of it. I didn't get a chance to watch it. won a lot of awards, didn't it? Yeah, it won Best pi best Picture, I think. Yeah. Two years ago, three years ago, something mm -hmm. like that. It's honestly, if you get the chance, just watch it all the way through. It's just perfect. It's a, it's, it's such an amazing film. It's all about how, well, as you might know the story anyway, there's a white unemployed man who takes a job driving a, a, a very rich, very well-known black uh, piano pianist around the Southern States. And yeah. through that journey, he discovers how poorly the blacks were treated down south. And this is pre-civil rights movement, pre-63. Um, and he sees how he goes into shops and he's not being served and this, that, and the other. Anyway, but, and it's all about a journey of self-discovery and all that kind of stuff. If you get the chance, watch it. If anyone here watching this now, if mm. you haven't watched it, get on it now. It's amazing. Um, and uh, I just I I love Mika Viggo Mortensen as an actor. I think he's just, uh, his versatility, his dedication to the role. Mm -hmm. I think he I think he put on like two stone for the role as well, so he could look a little bit chubby. So his dedication is amazing. And I don't know why, but I just really love the New York accent. I don't know what it is about it, you know, you know, which uh, you know that Margot Robbie does in uh, Wolf of Wall Street and what he does in that. It's, yeah. just, it's just something about it. It's like, hey, Tommy, come on. What, 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 what do you think you're doing? We're waking me up here. What's the matter with you? You're not doing anything, man. It's like, something about it. I just, yeah. Oh, I, I can't explain it, but there's something really cool about it. That's GSA as well. Because that's yeah. a, our training was to cover all different accents. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what was the hardest one for you? Which one did you not like doing? Um, American, Southern Belly, Park. Oh, yeah. Um, like, hey, now. Yeah. And basically, with each accent, I had to choose a monologue in that accent and learn it. Yeah, at one point, we had a lot of material. Each that we had to learn. Um, what else? There were all sorts. Wow. Northern is quite tricky. But I guess it just depends, because some people are naturals when it comes to doing accents, and they oh. Like, I think it's a really special skill to be able to do, to hear it and to just imitate an accent. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Did you, did you have like dedicated like accent tutors or voice coaches with you? Or, uh, GSL, of course, you would, but, but 
but these guys must have this amazing ability just to be able to sit next to somebody they've never met before just take five seconds and and it's like they've got it yeah exactly how that person sounds that's that's yeah. an amazing skill yeah just had that gone yeah there's too there's too much talent for one person it really is <laughs> um so in terms of actually with gsa and things like that and we're talking about how voice coaches and everything else what what is so if you were given a script now i mean i, I know you're doing the cruises and it's all kind of singing and but it's, it's kind of the same process you're trying to find out what you're saying but if someone gives you a, like a play or a tv script or anything like that what's what exactly is your process like going forward do you are you like stanislavski asking all these questions who am i what's my motivation or do you just do something different what 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 is your process when you do that a mixture of things I, I, I would say I'm a method in the that I like to find. As we do, we've done this thing, you find a personal connection or you find something that triggers genuine emotion. Mm. Um, and then it comes from a place that's real, you know. Like we've said, times in singing, you play a role that's so far away from your own experiences and so far from anything you've ever done before. Um, but I think it genuinely is just down to knowing your character as well as you know yourself, knowing everything about them. Um, I think knowledge is power when it comes to acting. So, you know, and also it's, it's also in, in your communication with other people. Mm. It's reading between the lines and it's like, the line is this but what do I actually want to say and what do I actually, how do I want to impact you with the way that I'm saying it? So I, I like to kind of have actions and objectives and um, yeah, I, I, I do like to action text sometimes so I know this is what I really want to say and I, because of this and, you know, this is the impact that I want to have on you when I... Um, so yeah, I kind of, that's the ways that I would, I think it's sometimes also that the text itself, how well relate to it. Because sometimes you might read a play and me, this is great. Yeah. And other times you might struggle to find a way in and you might really not, I can't get, I can't find my way in, connect with it. I don't know how to get there. And um, I think, of having the training of so many different practitioners so many different ways mm. to to become who it you need to become you can draw on all of the different experiences and do whatever it is you do to get in there mm. yeah that's that, that's very similar to how i like to do it I, essentially <laughs> i just want to know fundamentally what am i saying mm. what what am i bleeding talking about mm. because I remember someone. I think someone who taught might have taught you at GSA. Is it Rich? I think his name is Richard. Um, Richard Neal. Richard Neal. Yeah. Richard Neal. Yeah. Um, said in one of his workshops once. He said, "I can tell within two seconds whether this person knows what they're talking about or not." Yeah. And that is a big indication of whether it's next round or try again next year. Uh, and, yeah. You know, essentially, because I know on one of our sessions a few weeks ago, I did. Um, a monologue from the the caretaker for you. Um, um, Fun enough, the character's name was also Ashton as well. And um, you know, for anyone who knows it, it's um, a speech about his 
experiences with electroshock therapy and things like that. And if you, I remember reading it, think at first with not really any emotion to it, and it's just you know you're just saying words. You're not actually telling a story. You're just just reciting words that are on the page. Whereas if you dig deeper and you see stuff, okay. So this guy's been in a situation where he's felt maybe felt a bit lonely before, but so he's gone to gone to work and he's met he's met these people, and he trusts them because he finally has this company, uh, mm. the company of friends, mm. and then he tells them stories about how you know I see this in my sleep, you know I, I hallucinate a little bit, and these guys rat on him and say this guy's got some neurological disorder, he's mm. and this guy's then shipped away to a mental institution, put drills against his head, but stuff put things on his head mm. and told you're crazy and you are not leaving this hospital until this treatment is done and then we'll let you get outside mm. and for the rest of his life he has to go around he can't walk properly can't think properly can't do anything simply yeah. because some guy split on him thought he was weird and i said how does one respond to that how how does one understand that particular situation yeah and it's so far from my experience and your experience and you know Mm -hmm. just normal everyday people and of course anyone who has been through that you know i would honestly really like to sit down if i ever get this a chance to play that character in the future i would love to actually sit down with someone who's had this treatment and say what what was it like what was it what were the after effects what how did it make you feel mm. and ultimately i think and that, that, that's a good technique as well i know a lot of actors actually go and speak oh, to, to people who absolutely. have been through like accidents or been through emotional breakups or been through just been through something that they need to understand more about yeah and i just i think that would be fascinating i honestly think that would be just something really really interesting to actually get get in my head and so to speak and just and just think about how how do you control how do you go about everyday life with your brain fundamentally just being altered permanently Mm. And he's telling this story, and then suddenly, when you go, when you get all that into your head, and you start reciting it, suddenly it's like I can't speak. But it's almost like my stomach begins to churn. My thought patterns become really slow, and it's almost like you relive that moment, and you think, "What? Where is this energy coming from?" Yeah, and then sure. I think one of the greatest thrills of being an actor is that moment just after you've done a really big dramatic. Well, it could be like a big dramatic song. It could be an amazing monologue. It could be an amazing dance routine could be anything that's really like turned your stomach inside out or made you just have an emotional visceral reaction to something mm -hmm. and you walk away from it and you think and there's this sort of like buzz like like this buzz that seems to go like down all the way through your body mm. and, and you say to yourself my god what happened there that's what, it what 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 is this feeling i mean it's amazing it's weird but i love it and i think we i think we spoke about this about you know intellect and things and mm. thinking about and being stuck in your head especially with singing you know yes, massively it's very easy to just go for the notes and think about the notes and place things and concentrate on the technique and that's all well and good and I'm sure it's going to sound beautiful to do that but then something else happens when you throw mm. and you lose your inhibition and it comes from a place that's not up here, it's somewhere deeper. And it's, mm. and, and you know, you make because you're no longer nervous or you're not in your head about, oh, you know, am I gonna reach this note? Or is this 
you know, placed in the right way. And, the, and it's the same with acting. The minute you lose yourself, and that's why we do what, we, what it is we do, because you get the opportunity to lose yourself mm. and send it into another thought space. Uh, you know, if you're an actor, you get to completely take on another persona and another life. And that's what takes any performance to level. It's when somebody gets lost in their performance and they become who it is, you know, they are playing or the, the emotion it is that they're... Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. That's exactly yeah. it. And there's no other feeling. I think only being a performer, only being an actor can make you feel this way. But it and takes to get yeah. there. Huge courage, huge. Lots. Yeah. Singing lessons, a lot you can do to get you out of your head. Yes. And to no longer to think about. I mean, we've done so much technique, but then yeah. when it comes to a song, we always say, Holly, we've done the technique now. It's there. Forget about it. Now you're. <laughs> Yeah, I think to, uh, just when we get the technique, which is what I should be focusing on, okay, forget all that. Now I'll just, no, just go for yeah. it. Because yeah. when you I mean, you're an actor. Mm. It's beautiful that everything is, is in the right place. But then you need to trust that and you need to trust that it's there and everybody does. I mean, me, when I go on stage, I don't ever want to be putting my head about, oh, the, the, the big part of this coming up and all of that you need to throw all of that aside and just mm. become immersed in yeah and i just remember the first time that happened we did a when we did a workshop in school once we were doing have you, have you ever heard of um uh road by jim cartwright have you ever done that play yeah, yeah. there's a based in the based in the, in the north of course um Not yeah we did this uh I, I don't want to say, if, I think it probably was a, like a Methodist workshop where the teacher said, okay, we're going to play some music in the background and we're going to play it really loudly and I want you guys to react as a character. No, not, not, no, not as a character in the play, but someone else that is associated with that character, a person who is living in this estate, in this part of the country at this time. What, what do you think they would do? Mm. And I remember just visual, visualizing thinking I was an old timer who lived on his own, didn't have anything to do. Mm. And trying to reach out to his daughter. This is, this is all the character, by the way. Uh, trying to reach out to somebody who wasn't there, like his daughter or something like that. And if, if, when he went deeper and deeper and deeper into this, the, I started to cry. Mm. It, was the, it was the first time I, I cried in a, in a rehearsal space doing a drama technique at all. And I thought, and I, I honestly was losing control of where I was, where mm. I was going. Yeah. And it was what it took me a while to sort of back away from that, but I just remember thinking this thrill is just incredible, and the guts mm -hmm. that it takes to take yourself to that place. Yeah. Oh, I think, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, have you? I mean, do, do you know how to cry on cue, or do, is it something that you're working on? So mine is also to do with um, emotional recall and drawing on memory oh. experiences. Yeah. But I'm just going to have to stop you there because we only have to. Or it's going to stop. Okay, yeah, sorry. Well, thank you so much for coming on here and having uh, that and preparing the questions that you prepared as well. No, thank you, Ash. Thank you for your time. This, has been, this, is, this has been amazing. It really has. And hopefully I'll save it so I can on my Instagram watch later. Good. 
That shall be good. Yeah, right. we, should, we should do this again. This has been good fun. Yeah, let's. I feel like there's still more to say. Oh, just, I've got so much to say. <laughs> right, I'm going to cut off. So thank you, thank you. Cool. Thank you.